Welcome, everybody. This is the Discovery Podcast, and uh, we have uh, Jody here online talking about misdirection, how it misdirects us uh, in our journey of self-discovery. You want to go ahead and uh, take over, Jody? Sounds good, Paul. Yeah, so we're going to start out talking about misdirection, and we've, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. Um, with regard to a stachoma or the psychological uh, blind spot. And, but misdirection's an interesting term. And usually we use it like if you're talking about or you're watching a magician who's going to use some sort of misdirection in order to kind of get your attention off of what he's trying to do to kind of trick you into looking somewhere else. And sometimes our it will tend to hide things right out in plain sight. You know, everybody else will be able to see it, um, but we'll just somehow refuse to look at it. And our it will have us look in all kinds of different directions or just be in complete denial. And we talked a little bit about that last week. And denial is kind of the opposite of confronting something, right? So sometimes our it likes to cause this diversion and kind of start playing these tapes over and over again. We'll, we'll go down this normal past program conditioning or this subconscious program that we'll start doing something or avoid doing something and won't even really realize it. And you'll kind of snap out of it later on and be like, Oh, I'm doing that same thing over again. Why can't I change? And why does this keep happening? And, you know, our, our it's going to kind of just do these things on autopilot. If you remember our, it doesn't like the unknown. It likes to, do things the same because it thinks that that's the safest and it feels the most familiar to them. So how do we stop it? So using the discover it method, we can start by becoming aware of everything we're doing. Um, it's that identify piece where you start to identify all these things that we are doing and just having that awareness where we can see that stuff. And once we're kind of paying more attention and we're focused, we're going to have less chances of kind of getting misdirected off into some other um, program. So um, one of the good things to do is to kind of write down these little epiphanies. Um, we're going to be, it's, it's difficult to be completely aware all the time. But when we're aware and we're looking at these things, it's good to kind of write them down so we don't forget and then evaluate them. And sometimes it's good to do this evaluation with like Paul or someone where you can kind of get like a second opinion because we're going to have this little biased opinion on our own reflection sometimes. So this will kind of help kind of get us through and allow us to look around that kind of uh, stachoma that's been kind of blocking those. So having support with uh, someone that's close, somebody that will kind of tell you like, I don't really think you're looking at this the way you think you are. Um, those are going to be important. And then we can start to kind of feel and start to disconnect from these things that we're trying to change. And I heard a good saying is a lot of times we need to change like these people, places, and things. Uh, all those habits that we had around certain scenarios, they're just going to hit these different triggers or go through these same motions and recognize all these different places, uh, experiences, things that's just going to keep going and do the same thing over and over again. And how can we expect to change if we don't start to make any changes, right? 
So we have to create these new programs and we have to push to do these new habits. And until we do them over and over and over again and create these habits to become our new normal, um, we have to be aware and be diligent and be proactive to make sure that we're uh, catching these things and continuing to stick with these changes that we decided to make. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, uh, Jenny. We really appreciate that. Um, how about you, Deb? You on the line? I am on the line. Now that you are well, on the journey of self, now that you're on the journey of self-discovery, uh, how has your it misdirected you in your life, past and present? Well, um, I was actually thinking about um, what Jody was saying. And and I was thinking how um, it was almost like being on a diet. You know, when you first go on a diet, you're so used to putting certain things in your mouth, sugar, you know, carbohydrates, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, now, now you're trying to change into healthy eating habits and y- you you don't even think about it and you pop a candy in your mouth and then... It, you know, then you realize, wait a minute, this isn't on my diet, and you spit it out. You know, um, as, and that and that is kind of similar to the three-step method because you're you're realizing, oh, I'm not supposed to have this, so you know, what am I going to do? And you know, and that's why you spit it out. But um, some of the places that I've seen that I've seen it in my life is not just there. But also, um, I, I really liked what Jody said about, you know, having somebody else to bounce things off of, um, because one of the things that you always say to me, Paul, is actions don't lie. You know, um, I think that, you know, I'm doing something or I'm not doing something, um, and, I'll, and I'll find that, <clears throat> you know, Without even realizing it, I've been avoiding, you know, doing a certain thing, um, and I, I've seen it that way. And then also, um, have you ever, have you ever um, had something where everybody, and, and I'm thinking in another person where you don't see it in yourself, but you know, every time you get around a certain person, maybe they. They're a constant complainer, and you think, oh, my gosh, I can't listen to this. Um, And then you realize that all the people you hang around with are complainers, and and you're trying to change that one thing in your life, you know, but you're hanging around people who complain all the time. You know, they don't realize that they're doing this complaining, um, and... And so, you know, not just getting out of that environment, but changing that. If you don't want to be in that environment, that's kind of one of the things that you have to look at, too, is just staying out of the environments that you don't want to be in. Very good. Really appreciate that, Debbie. Thank you very no much. No problem. Welcome. Amanda, Amanda, you want to call? Yes, sir. Same question. How has your it misdirected you in your life, past and present? Give us a few examples. 
Oh, well, my it past has, I mean, around the whole show. And present, we're trying to um, identify her and so that we know where she's at and where she's hiding and we can, you know, figure it out when she raises her head. Um, so, well, like Debbie was saying about people being in our lives, um, I have had a friend, oh my, since I was a teenager that, you know, well, if she wasn't going to go anywhere, neither were you. So she made sure to, um, cut you off at the knees and that way nobody went anywhere, but she did it in such a way that I never caught on until um, I mean, and I know my sister and my husband never really cared for her, but I thought it was just them, right? No, well, Paul was having uh, helping identify one day, and he was, he, so he helped, you know, um, point out maybe what I had been missing in that. So, um, and then, oh, and this one, this one's a sad one. <laughs> I, um, so I've always liked thrifting. Oh, I just, I loved thrifting and antiquing. And I mean, I've got some beautiful pieces from, from that hobby of mine. And, um, anyways, well, this last week I came home with some beautiful boned chairs. Okay. Like I think some of you know what I mean by beautiful bone. The chair has, it has beautiful bones. It needs to be recovered, but big deal. All of us need a little makeup and some fresh clothes sometimes. So anyways, I was so thrilled with my, find because remember they were free okay <laughs> anyways oh my husband had a fit up one side and down the other side and I brought home junk and how dare me bringing home this junk and on and on anyways um well that was it right I mean I had mentioned it to Paul that man Jared sure had a fit over those chairs and left it that well I guess um Paul in his next session with Jared pointed it out that my it did not believe that I deserved new things. Hence my love of thrifting and antiquing and bringing home rejects. And um, so anyways, I asked my husband then later, I said, Oh, how did your session go? And he's like, well, you know, that Paul had pointed out that, well, I think then he told me what Paul had said about my it, and oh, it just, it, it hit like a kick in the gut, because here I thought that my thrifting and antiquing and, you know, fun little finds were just this great, amazing hobby of mine. Never once in my lifetime did I ever stop to think that my it did not think I deserved good, new, pretty, shiny things, and hence it had convince me to be happy with people's um, rejects. And, and I hate to say that because I've got beautiful pieces and I, you know, I love them and I feel like someone else loved them before me. And I am so happy to bring them home and give them a new life and a new place and love them. So I think that, um, yes, you know, that are my it. I'm still identifying and she's very sneaky and, has been used to being around for a few years. So there you go. Looking in the past, Amanda, you were telling me about a little girl. Could you tell me about that little girl that we talked about? 
Yes. Okay. So there's a story, and I've always hated this story, um, about a little girl. And it, there's much more to it, but this is the part that I remember. But there is a little girl. It's in the winter. She's in a dingy, dirty coat. She's standing in a doorway selling matches for, I mean, pennies just to try to, to bring home some money. And when Jared said what Paul had said about my it, I just, I mean, to me, I just saw that little girl in the doorway selling her matches, you know, with her dirty little hands. And, oh, my it is that little girl, the little match girl in the doorway, you know, doing the best she can. And it was just really sad. Have you had a tendency in your past to uh, whittle and give things up? Well, yes, my mother tells me. I'm sorry? Go ahead. Uh, my mother tells me a story of when I was a little girl. Um, quite often, I'm well caught when this would happen, I guess, you know, not like quite often. Or, but uh, um, she said that if somebody would take a toy from me, I would stand there for a little bit, and then I would shrug and turn around and, and get something else to play with. And go on. And from the, like, I would never fight for that toy. I would never, you know, stand up for myself and grab it back or anything like that. And I was telling Paul how that was so sad. Like, now, now as I'm identifying my it, that was so sad to realize that even back then as a little girl, I already didn't think I deserved to have or that I deserve to have things taken away from me, I guess we could look at it that way. Very good, very good. So in the past three weeks, you have uh, been able, on this journey of self-discovery, really open your eyes to the possibilities you've never seen before. I'm sorry, the possibility to what? Of seeing things now that you've never seen before. Oh, absolutely, and absolutely, yes, and where they're coming from, and not just um, shrug them off as something else, but see where they're, you know, where they're coming from and what has fed them, and then see them all through my life repeat themselves again and again and again and again, and I mean, the fear of failure is a huge one for me as well. Thank you very much. I think yes, we all uh, have learned a few things about that uh, presentation there. Thanks. Um, Jared, you online there, buddy? Yes, sir. Past, how has your it misdirected you in your past life and present? Well, um, a little bit about my background is I, I grew up in a home that was um, with a weak father and a very strong mother, and and um, I I learned that I was uh, not good enough. And of course, I didn't know that, but that's what I'm understanding now. Learning that I, I wasn't good enough, and so I have a lot of that. And so then I I um, I got married to a very strong narcissistic woman and 
and um, that was my first marriage. Amanda is, is uh, my second. And um, so what happens that I see is, is I have this I'm not good enough and this past programming from these strong women. So then when my wife can do things and she it may not even be, uh, she can suggest something to me and I take it as being told what to do and it's just, it misdirects, um, I misdirect my, my it onto her in ways that I should never do because it's just the, the programming that I've identified through that now. Is there anything else in the past that you want to uh, talk about or it has misdirected you? Um, not, I don't know. Okay. Well, Jody, do you want to go ahead and, uh, give us, uh, any words of wisdom that you have before we, uh, um, I think it's a pretty good call. Um, and, and I can relate to, you know, once, I started looking at this discover it and started looking at these different patterns in my past, how they continued to keep me in that same line of thinking um, and continued to kind of, maybe I had a, a new idea or I wanted to do something else, but it continued to kind of lead me back to the way I've always thought I was. And I think for me, misdirection in that program a big one is like organization where I just have stuff and I automatically set it down somewhere and keep going or forget to do something and just kind of all over. So that's one of the areas in my life where I need a lot of focus and be alert and uh, start to recognize those patterns and then do things differently. Well, thank you very much. Uh, We, uh, Really appreciate the participation we had this evening and uh, look forward for everybody being on call next week. The conference call number is 515-604-9530. Access code 655-145. Thank you.